Okay, um, for those who like to read the detail, why don't you put that in your pocket, a little bit of paper for later. Under, I think, four or five chairs, there's an envelope. Do you want to have a look? You're going to have to go right underneath for a look. It may be you. Or have a look on the chair beside you. If you've got one, one here, Derek's got one. Abby's got one. Is there another one anywhere? Steve's got one. one. One, two, three, four. I think that's them all. Okay, in there is something. It's not huge, but this is, um, well, I'll tell you what it is. There's 10 pounds in each of them, and I think there's 30 pounds in the other one. This is from Carlisle Vineyard Funds, and it's been entrusted to you. And we trust you, if you've turned up today saying, Jesus, I really need £30 to see me through the week. Then it's for you. It's for you. If you think, actually, that's not me, I think there's a need in this city can be met by you and what's in that envelope. So, Abby, Luke, Derek, Steve, bless you and may the Father reveal to you who this is for. See, we're talking about generosity today. And that's why, before we said anything, we talked about the goodness of God. See, any talk of giving, any talk of generosity must always start and be rooted firmly in the goodness of God. I just want to clear a few things up. God is not short of anything. He is not affected by cutbacks. He's not affected by Brexit. He's not affected by anything because he is God and he is good. And he is good all of the time. So whenever we talk about generosity, we talk about the goodness of God. It says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And this is where we're rooting everything all the time. That God is good. He is for us and he is with us. So generosity, giving, finance, we're not trying to buy his affection for he's always, he's already chosen you. His love for you is like no other love. Hi. Charlie, that was an amen. We'll have more of that, Charlie. Um, if you have a Bible with you, we'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And you've got this beautiful picture here. And what we'll do, we'll, if you've got a Bible in front of you, that's fine. If not, you might have it on your phone or something, or it might even come on the screen because these guys are amazing. We so appreciate what you guys do. We so, so appreciate you. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says this. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. See, God is the lead giver. He takes the lead. He is the champion giver. He is the most generous one. And God, he gave everything when he gave himself to us 
through Jesus Christ. He didn't just give to those who gladly received, but he gave out of generosity. He gave to those who would reject him, who would abuse him. He gave this Jesus to those who would turn their backs and walk away. And he gave this same Jesus to those who would spit in his face. This is the generosity of God. This is our starting place of when we talk about finance, when we talk about generosity, when we talk about God. See, our view of God shapes everything. It shapes our generosity. See, a big part of generosity is our heart's response to seeing and experiencing God's heart. So we want to always connect any talk of finance, any talk of generosity to the word overflow. Nothing to do with dregs from our heart. But God, we are so amazed, so enthralled, so undone by your goodness. I just have an open heart and an open hand towards you and what you're for, Father. See, for generosity is not really about money. But it's generosity is to more to do with our trust in the goodness, the provision, the care, the love of God that he has for us. See, generosity gets right to our heart, to our motives, to our insecurities that we have in our lives. And in some ways, how we handle our money is a little bit like a looking glass into our hearts. How we handle our money is a little bit like a glimpse into what's really going on in here. See, if we know we've got a good, good father, then our lives reflect that. We were up in Scotland yesterday and um, love Scotland. As part of our area, every now and again, we meet with our area leaders. We're in Team Scotland and we've got some great leaders up in Glasgow and we gather there now and again. And um, Ro, do you want to share that picture you had and the verse about the birds? Hi. I love you too. Thanks. I've got, got my slippers on. You should all wear your slippers at Colgate. It helps with the experience. So just bring them next week. It's all good. Um, no, yesterday we were just uh, just having a time of worship um, up in Glasgow. And um, I felt the Father say to me during worship, Matthew 6, verse 27, um, and so I looked up Matthew um, 6, verse 27. But if you don't mind, I'm going to start at Matthew 6, verse 19, because it's some good stuff. It starts off with, with context. So from 19, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And then when you're back home, read the other verses because they're great. But I'm going to skip down now uh, to verse 25. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't worry or make their clothing. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of those who don't yet know Jesus. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. What we're going to do is just going to pause for a moment. It's maybe just been me, but it feels quite heavy going and hard going in here today. Is it just me? I don't know. I don't know what's up. I don't know if it's something in the room. I don't know if it's we're talking about generosity, and it's like I don't know if it's a, does, that, does anybody else feel a bit of that? So what is it? See, it just feels like there's a wet blanket over us. And my only hunch is, because part of me now just wants to quieten down, go to a safe passage of Scripture, do the stuff, close, and just go, well, that was a bit of a funny morning, and go home. But I have a sense that we're going to kick against that. Because I don't care how we feel. We have been called to this city to see the kingdom come. And I'm not going to be dictated to a feeling in the room. So what I feel right now, just being honest with you, and this is not looking at any individual, because I don't think it's any one individual, I'm feeling that you're all wanting me to be quiet and just shut up. That's how it feels at the moment. It just feels this, ugh. And I know you. I know that's not your heart. So this is not a, a thing. But I just think there's a heaviness in the room because we're, we're moving as a church. We're, we're beginning to see things shift in the city. In these last couple of weeks, we've seen some beautiful things happen. Alison, will you come and tell a story of what happened a few weeks ago? All right? And friends, I want to encourage you, when Alison tells a story, I want you to have a face like Mona, who's looking like... This is a joy expression because this story is about seeing the kingdom come. Alice, all right, let's stand up with Alison. This is Alison, who's a heavyweight fighter. Hmm. All right, so um, I first want to say that the financy thing is something I struggle with because sometimes I think, uh, how am I going to manage keeping teaching? I'm 68 and how am I, you know, who's going to look after me and things like that. So it is something I really struggle with. But um, whenever we went out, whenever that week was, I sat there in the morning and I, I know that the reality that we live in is that everything that God has is ours, that he um, can do things that are impossible, that he has no limits, his resources are unlimited, they're glorious. And I have that at my disposal. Um, so I wanted to live from that. And my, my parents had given me um, a bit of money at Christmas. And I still hadn't, at the time, given from that. So I just um, had the idea to stick some stuff in the envelope. So I grabbed the card that morning. Laura, I, grab, I grabbed the card and a little envelope. And, and I thought, right, I'm going to go to the cash machine and stick some cash in. 
and I told Laura, so we, we, we met here, we were all meeting here, and um, I, me and Laura were in the same group, that was exciting. And um, Laura, and you can, yeah, because it's her story, eh? too. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we uh, got into the group, we went to the cash machine, bung some cash in the card, and basically just really, the whole thing was really simple. Everything about it was dead simple and kind of childlike in a way. Um, we were just like, okay, God, show us, like, who? Show us who? And we, we just kept praying as we were walking around. And we walked around for about two hours in the cold and um, to the extent that I had no circulation left in my fingers. And we still hadn't met the person. And basically, it was just like, we asked you, and you're going to show us. Um, and so it was kind of getting towards the end, and people were like, well, should we go home? And I'm like, no, we haven't met the person yet. So um, we went to Costa's um, to warm up, and and then Laura. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this topic because God's really working in my heart, and you've really helped me in this to not be stingy because God has blessed me so much, um, particularly financially um, with studying and with the NHS. It's just been an absolute miracle. And so we went into town and um, we put some money in this envelope, as Alison said, and we were at Costa's just sitting there and there was a woman, um, a young woman um, by the name of who um, was in the queue and I just said to Alison, like, it's good to, you know, we, beforehand we prayed and just said, Lord, just show us also physically, like what do f- people physically look like? We think about the spiritual, which is so important, but also physically, how are people looking? And this woman in the queue just looked so upset and just lost. Um, and she sat outside and we went over to her and we just said, look, we have this envelope for you. Um, there's a little gift inside um, and she she just broke down in tears and she said that you know, she's been going through such a hard time and this is just God. She said, I, I prayed to God that God would show up and so we were in town and it was just so humbling to be used by God and in my personal heart, you know, I don't want to be stingy. I want to be um, giving uh, just because God has blessed me and I just want to bless others and it's just been so amazing to do that and be part of Vineyard and just see God show up. <laughs> and, and Andy had said like what's God's favourite game before we went out and I, I was like I know the answer like I'm such a swat. Like, oh. I, was like, I was like that at school as well I was like join the dots and, and, and that was like fine but he joined dots in like the most amazing ways like beyond what I could imagine. Um, and, and it's such a privilege, and I just want more of it. Like I find it hard because I do. I know the reality is that I know the reality that I'm living in, but I, I sometimes just get waves of panic. Like, but I need to look out for myself, and it's just that's not true. And I just want more and more and more of it because it was the biggest privilege. Like I was, I was buzzing for the whole of half term. That was my favourite day in the whole of half term. <laughs> I just couldn't stop getting excited about it. Like it was probably one of the best days of my whole life. It was such a privilege. It was the biggest privilege. No, no, no. Here's what we're going to do now. See, the passage of scripture that I was going to talk on and speak on has just been demonstrated. Part of the thing before, the heaviness, it's fear. 
We talk about finance and people get scared. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. what about me? I, and part of it is, for some of us, we have this orphan spirit thing going on. They're like, oh, I've got to defend for myself. I've got to save up. I've got, I've, I've, I've. And the father's just like, no, you don't. For I am yours and you are mine. I'm a good, good father. And I am for you and for you and for you. And part of this here, what we're going to do now, these guys don't know it, but they're going to lead us now in ministry time. Because some of us have struggled with generosity because we are fearful of the future. And God is just going to obliterate that. Some of us are tight with money because we are fearful of bad news coming. Some of us are fearful in regards to generosity because we think it's our responsibility. And we're all good for responsibility and budgets and all this sort of stuff. And we're going to talk more in September. But I'm talking about provision and support. See, some of us are afraid to step out because we're not sure that God's going to show up. Because somebody else has let us down in, in our lives. And God's saying to you here today, I weigh this carefully. Let me say that again. Weigh this carefully. But for some of you who are wondering if you're to step out or not, God's saying, you have no idea what I've got in store for you. Let me just share for 20 seconds. At, when I was 20 years old, my mum, who is like the sweetest thing apart from Rhoda, she said, Andy, or Andrew, me and your dad, me and your dad, we are really pleased that you're going off to Cape and Ray and to giving your life to Jesus and to serving other people. We're really pleased about that. But, I'm just a little bit sad that you're never going to have a nice house, you're never going to have a car and things like that. I haven't got time to tell you the whole story now. But we live at number one Goshen Road. And this is a ridiculous house. It's a ridiculous house that makes no sense whatsoever apart from God is good. God is good. And he's not out to prove my mum wrong. This is not about... This is, when we're talking today, we're not talking about prosperity where, oh, I'm going to give £25, I'll get £250 back. God is not a weird pyramid scheme. <laughs> God is not... They, that's not God. Prosperity is a biblical word, a biblical concept. For as far as I understand it, God wants to bless you to such an extent that you overflow and the poor, the lost, the broken and the hurting and those who are crying out in the city right now, God, will you please show up? That's what prosperity is. So God prospered these guys with a little bit of finance so they can bring blessing and to help to those crying out in the city. And if that's prosperity, I pray God will prosper all of us. So guys, you know what it feels like to have fear in your heart. So with fear in the room, so would you do whatever you need to do to break off all the fear and replace it with um, trust that God is good. He is so good. I love when Jesus hijacks stuff. He is so good, isn't he? Um, One principle that my dad has taught me, which I absolutely love, and I really want to live this out I want what Susie spoke about last week to 
step into the river from the side. I want an adventure of faith, and I don't want a life that is safe. An adventure of faith, not a life that is safe. So God, I just ask for everybody's hearts in this room, God. I pray against fear, fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, and fear of insecurity. Father, you are a good God. You are a good God. And your goodness amazes me. Father, I pray for peace in our hearts, God, and that we may see your goodness, your provision, your promises, and that we may offer this to other people, that we may show your goodness to everybody in Carlisle, to our neighbours and to people that we've never met at Costa. Thank you, God, for being so personal. Father, thank you that um, it's an invitation to something amazing. It's not like you're really asking something particularly from us in a weird way. It's it's that you want us and you desire that we get in on your happiness because it is such a happy thing. Mm. Father, it's such a happy thing. And um, we want to experience your happiness and your delight as you just yeah just connect people in and join up dots and people get a taste of you father thank you that it's the privilege you call us to live in and it's our right it's our inheritance it's we get to live as your sons and daughters and father we won't settle for anything else and yes um we struggle yes um but we will not settle for anything else we want the fullness of what it means to be your sons and daughters and to be able to live extravagantly because that's the God you are. And I am like, I've had a glimpse of it, just a tiny little glimpse, and I just want more. Father, help us to experience what a privilege it is, what a joy it is to live out the reality. So sorry, I would never ever normally stand up, but it's just on me and on me and on me to say it and just try and lift you all in the room, like Andy said. Sometimes, like, I'm not great financially. But sometimes it's not about that and sometimes it's just about stepping out there and trusting that if you want to share, you will provide. Like thinking back to the floods, so desperately me and my family wanted to help. But I was looking around the house like, what, what can we give? What can we do? My children blessed and they gave their toys. But we turned up and God gave. And he, he gave pizzas, about 12, 12-inch pizzas and a load of boxes of fish and chips. And I'd already been shown that those guys working at the hospital, those doctors, those nurses, they had no provisions of food because they were on emergency generators. And thankfully, because my daughter's heart, I was at the hospital, so I'd seen all that. I'm probably not explaining it very well, but basically we, we had all these pizzas and fish and chips that we could go and just hand out around the hospital, which... Then led to coffee and new friendships and a change in people's hearts at the hospital as well. So don't worry about how you're going to give. 
because that will be given to you to share. <laughs> right, would you actually like me to read the passage of Scripture? This is, guys, have a sit down. Well done. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let me read this to you. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or or in response to pressure. Let me say that again. Here at Carlisle Vineyard, you must give what you decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in pressure, a response to pressure. When we're talking about giving and finance, we banish all guilt, all shame, all dodgy motivation. This is not about us keeping track of you. I don't care how much you earn, I don't care about your percentages, but I care dearly about your heart. And this is about me coming before Jesus, saying, Jesus, what do you want me to give? Because for Jesus, it's about the heart. Let me, sorry, I'm going to read the scrap. I'm not going to talk. Here we go. Um, For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God God loves a person who gives loosely, whose hand has been opened by the goodness of God. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs for the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will be joyfully expressed with their thanks to God. As a result of Alison and Laura turning up at Costa, they will give thanks to God. Let me read that again. As a result of your ministry of generosity, they will give glory to God. So that girl cries out, God, turn up. Turn up. And he does. And he does. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. And then they will pray for you with deep affection over because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. So there's a whole other stack of stuff we could say, but we're parking up there for now.